Welcome to Different from the Other Kids, a weekly podcast for parents of challenging children with your host, Angela Sunis, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Different from the Other Kids. Each week, Angela interviews an individual or professional within the mental health community. Wanted to start with a little bit of a 2016 report card of child and youth mental health in the province of Ontario, where we live. Let me give you a little synopsis of what they're saying here. This is from the Children's Mental Health Ontario website, and it's a report card on child and youth mental health for 2016. Did you know that over the past 10 years, there has been a 54% increase in emergency department visits and a 60% increase in hospitalizations for children and youth seeking treatment for mental health issues in Ontario? This data, recently released by the Canadian Institute for Health Information, signals that our current mental health system is not working optimally. No shit. To draw attention to these issues, Children's Mental Health Ontario, CMHO, has released its second annual report card on the state of child and youth mental health in Ontario. The report card highlights the government's progress towards key policy commitments and identifies critical areas where we must work together to make important improvements. So there is a press release that came out and there is this report I would encourage you to look it up once again it is the 2016 report card of child and youth mental health in Ontario so please go and look that up for more information and without further ado we are sitting here with Shelly Brooks it is her third and last interview with us she has been very candid and uh, I really appreciate that she has come forward with this story to help us understand what it might look like to be a child who grows up with a parent who has a very severe mental health issue. So without delaying any further, I want to welcome Shelley Brooks back to the program. Welcome, Shelley. What I want to talk to you about now, if I may, is um, we're having a conversation about fear and what stops us from sometimes getting the help right away for people. And it's got a lot to do with um, stigma as well. Mm -hmm. And if... uh, Talk, walk us through a little bit about what that feels like in trying to get help for your mother who doesn't want it, doesn't acknowledge that she needs it. And you've got people that are coming up against you, not understanding what you're doing and are judging the hell out of you. Right. And making you feel bad about getting your help. Yeah, that was um, one of the toughest things is uh, people think that, uh, you know, you're, the things that you're doing, they don't realize everything you've gone through to get to that point. And uh, so they do judge you. And I know a lot of people were really harsh on us for, for having my mom committed in the first place. But it was a lot of uh, things that led up to that. And, and people don't understand that when they haven't lived in a, in a life that, you know, mental illness has affected them, they can't even fathom doing that to someone absolutely Um, what they don't see is that we're trying to save them Mm -hmm. they see that as uh you know something else and we also were judged by what's wrong with us if we're coming from all this place what what, what would somebody say to you and who would it be that would have the occasion to say it would it be a relative would it be somebody that you knew that was a neighbor would it be a friend um it was it was mostly some friends you went through the medical profession itself you were judged harshly by people in the medical profession absolutely horrifying yes it was horrifying and and it it makes you you know second guess yourself again um, are we doing the right thing? Why did we do this? Is is there something wrong? Are we missing something here? You know, we're we're trying to help, but 
um, not only are we hitting these roadblocks or getting help, but people are, are steering us in the opposite direction, which is, you know, difficult to deal with in its own, whether it's a friend or even um, the counselors, it mm-hmm. was, or the nurses, it was, it was very difficult. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it is, it's a stigma, but it's also, um, yeah, it's just being judged in general by, by people. And when it comes to mental illness, I find that you're, you're looked at different. And so are all your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was probably the most difficult thing. It's almost like they reversed the charges on you guys. Um, it was almost like you were challenged as if somebody was saying to you, no, she's not mentally ill. You're you, looking at this wrong and maybe you should check yourself that yes. you have mental illness. That's that, right. That, was that what I'm hearing? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. That's really scary. It is. And it, even though you've read the books and you go to the counselors and you go to support groups and you find we spent, we would drive an hour into the city to attend a support group that didn't, wasn't completely associated to us because it's hard to find support groups too for children with parents with wow. mental illnesses. Yes. Um, we just attended everything to try to get the help and the validation that we were not seeing things um, wrong. We thought, you know, there's got to be, somebody's got to be able to see this out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fear of all that is what holds you back. The fear of talking to somebody about it because you're afraid to be judged. The fear of pushing that person for help we the fear even to help our our mother that she would if we tried to push too hard that she might commit suicide Mm -hmm. so we live in this fear and we don't go anywhere yes constant fear the constant fear of people judging and the constant fear of pushing too hard that is exactly what we deal with on the the kids side too right Right? absolutely as parents that's what you deal with so that's more so it's so but it's it mm, i don't know if it's more so um that's a, that's debatable because when you've grown up the way that you grew up, that would just be, that's well, just an inherent intrinsic fear. You're just going right. to grow up in a fearful way. But your, your whole job as a parent is to protect your child. Yes. Right. So that, that need, that, that desire to protect your child mm-hmm. is so big. Now let me, okay, I'm going to take us off in a different direction here. Shelly is uh, really an exceptional parent. Uh, she has two small children and she is absolutely amazing with them patient and kind and empathetic and not just to her children but to everybody around her this must have shaped how you parent this must have shaped who you are as a person yes okay can you walk me through that a little bit um I think I think all our life experiences shape us who we are but absolutely I think you want to do more and be more than your parents ever could be we all do that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but in this case I know what I was lacking and I want to be more of of all those things that I could possibly be. I wouldn't say that I am. And I'm, I'm more forgiving too of, of some things that I don't do right because that's that's part of life. Um, but at the same time, I think it's so important for the kids to experience being a kid mm-hmm. and not have to deal with all adult issues. And I make sure that they stay away from all that kind of that drama and that, those situations. And I make sure that they feel good in the place that they're at and loved where they're at and not feared that they have to be afraid that something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, of course it shapes you in, in that sense. But I, I don't know that it's different than anybody else necessarily. I think you're different from almost anybody that I've ever met. When when people ask me about you or your name comes up, I always say uh, that you're one of the greatest humans that I've ever met. Wow. And that is that is absolutely true. And I, I think it just, uh, it must have, there must be an empathy portion 
to you that um, growing up like that um, and seeing what you have seen in your mom and trying to get her help, um, you don't judge anybody for anything ever. I've never heard anything like that come out of your mouth. You're always kind, always, you're very even um, in a situation where I think if growing up in that kind of uncertainty and that kind of fear, uh, you should be completely, you might be a completely different person. You could be completely anxiety ridden. You could be angry. You could be a lot of different things, but you have such a great, healthy, um, it's not just an attitude. It's, it's the way that you have obviously educated yourself Mm -hmm. and it's the way that you're looking at life that is completely different and you know, you have a choice. You really have taken something that has been very difficult and very harrowing as experiences go and made something really great about your life and the way that you approach people and the way that you deal with people. Wow. And Wait, it, yeah, absolutely. You're not finding that? So to, you you know, don't think that about yourself? It, no, but okay. I think it's you have to listen to that whole thing back that you just said because that's mm-hmm. how I see you. And you're making something great out of something very difficult. Oh, so, Shelly, see, there she goes again. Thank you, Shelly. No, but that's truly how I see you. So maybe that's why. Um, maybe we, maybe also we are drawn to people who understand the depth of, of situations yes. like this. Yep. And I think sometimes going through this, you're more intuitive and you're more mm-hmm. in touch with um, feelings, if I could say, yes. right? Um, so I do think that maybe that's what you have too. And, and mm-hmm. the reason why you can do this and the reason why I feel like the way I, that I do is because you have to be in tune to that. Mm-hmm. You have to look a little bit deeper. Yep. Uh, because on the surface, it could seem pretty scary. Mm-hmm. It could be um, uncomfortable. It's not something that you're, most people deal with every day. It's not a cut or a bruise. It's not something you could necessarily see. It's deep, right? So all these mental illnesses are not about physical bandages, but they're emotional bandages that we work on, you know, putting on ourselves and somebody else. So I think maybe that's why we see it that way. And we are a bit like that. Yes. I guess we both, I guess when you go through that experience, I just know that there are uh, those people that have gone through um, different experiences through childhood or, you know, with children or with parents or whatever. And they don't come out the other side looking at it in a very constructive way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I value when I look at you and it's, it's interesting because from the moment that I met you, there was a very great warmth and we seem to be able to connect. I can sit in the middle of a party with Shelly and honestly, we can have the most in-depth conversation. We don't do it um, because it's not fair to everybody. Right, so, don't yeah. constantly do it. <laughs> but that's because we're intuitive. <laughs> we know, right? What's good for but us that's around not us. Really fair. <laughs> that's not really fair to do to everybody, but we right. totally can do that. And we, we certainly have uh, snuck off once or twice to have uh, big conversations, which I always uh, really appreciate. wanted to talk to you just a little bit about um, role models and, who was actually able to step in and give you a hand uh, emotionally, um, even though they may not have known what was happening? Did you have some heroes that came forward? Yeah, I would have to um, definitely say that um, my uncles. So my mom's brother. I wanted brother, you to talk about your uncles. Yeah, and, uh, and his partner were there from the, the day I was born. Um, and they were there the day my children were born. So they've always been this big, big part of my life. But they've always been this warm part that kept things really um, stable. They always had an open door and an ear. And um, we didn't talk about these things years ago when they were happening necessarily until things got to a, a real difficult 
time when when uh, my mom got you know mental illness got worse then we started to talk about it before that it was just a very warm and loving um place to be and uh i was fortunate for that because i really think that's what got me through if i didn't have them and i didn't have that sort of stability maybe i would have come out the other side different they they were always just a, a very loving loving part in my life and they never judged me they just always loved me mm-hmm. no matter what so could you show up at their doorstep and did you ever in frustration or in um no as worry. i got because we didn't talk about things mm-hmm. outside my house that my mom was very strict about not talking about anything that went on in the house we didn't dare but as i when i moved out on my own and i started to have conversations um you know without my mom there and I could talk to them openly and, and, and comfortably and lovingly. Um, yeah, it was a safe place for me. And, uh, I'm, I'm always grateful that I have that. I still have that with them. They're my, my phone, my, my go-to phone call for anything. So yeah, it's, that's so important. And it, it doesn't always have to be that they're the ones that got you through it or talked to you about it or pulled it out. Um, they were just there always 100% there. Okay. And did your, when you talked to your uncle initially about what was happening when you did find voice to be able to do that, um, what was his reaction? Did he, did did he have any inclination? Um, I would say he's a very loving man, so he doesn't want, they were very close growing up and it's a tough thing to see. Yes. Right. And, uh, maybe their closeness was a little pushed. I don't know, you know, or it, I don't know if their closeness was because they wanted to be close growing up or is because she was that needy person that mm. I feel growing up with. Um, I, I don't know what the case is, but either way, I know he loved her and he cared about her. And um, when the time came, he understood that it was, it was something that we needed to do. We all were aware that things were going differently. And mm-hmm. so, okay. Um, the fear thing keeps coming up and I'm feeling really badly over it. Um, when you talk about um, fear in not coming forward, and I, I just I want to explore this just a little bit because I think parents feel this at different times too. Did did you fear your mom because she, uh, she was so unstable, and because she could go into fits of rage? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the fear for for her. Absolutely. But then it was also, I guess, fear that she was going to do something to herself despite you. Or yes. It was that. Yes. That was what yeah. was happening as yeah. well. I mean, it's it sounds absolutely, you know, unheard of, but I was uh, probably 32 years old, and I was at her house, and um, you you think at 32, who, you're a grown woman, right? And uh, I was helping her with something in the house, and uh, I knew she wasn't in a good frame of mind, but this was a time where she threatened suicide, and um, I went to get the phone. I said, I'm not doing this. This is where I felt like I needed to take a stand and say, I'm, we're going to, if this is what you threat, I'm going to call the police. Mm-hmm. And I never had done that before. Um, I finally thought this is it. I need to, to do something. And um, she threw the phone and stood on my shoes. So I couldn't get my shoes on to leave and threw the phone so that I couldn't use it. It literally broke. And um, she just wouldn't let me leave. And she wouldn't let me leave, but I also couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. I was stuck in fear. I couldn't call because the phone now is broken. She wouldn't give me my shoes and she wouldn't li- let me leave. And I'm 32 years old and I'm afraid to leave. And I'm afraid to leave that she'll do something. I'm afraid to 
be forceful. I'm afraid to do anything. I was a, almost a child again, and mm-hmm. you know, all the way back to well, you were traumatized, we like you were as a, as a yeah. child, and you go back to that childlike yes. uh, where and you identify with what it felt like as a child in that same fear. Exactly. And uh, I spent eight hours at her house, eight hours, and that's the 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 level of fear. Um, so you can't tell somebody that because it doesn't sound possible Mm -hmm. here. I'm telling the story because it is possible. It's totally possible. It's totally possible. And, um, so you, you live with that. So it, it, the fear comes from all directions because you truly think they might do something. Yes. And then you think they truly, they truly can. They can. And on a regular basis, uh, people that are mentally ill do. Do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So where do you go with that? Mm -hmm. Right. And then you tell a a doctor, a counselor, a psychiatrist, why don't you just leave? So, uh, you know, so it's, it's really, really tough. And Mm -hmm. then you wonder, well, where is the problem? Is it me? Is it Mm -hmm. them? And Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but the fear exists. And I think we do almost a lot of things in our life based on fear, or we don't do a lot of things based on fear, I should say. Absolutely. So that's a a big deal. And, And then I wonder if I told, what would somebody think of me? What would they think of her? And it just keeps on going. So uh, it wasn't until we could push through all those fears that we can finally get somewhere. And even then it's difficult Mm -hmm. because our, our system doesn't work for us. It works against us. So Mm -hmm. you just got to keep pushing. Yeah, that, that is uh, absolute. And that's a common thread that we talk about all the time is pushing and advocating and Mm -hmm. doing all those things. So we were able to pull out uh, something positive from this. And that was your uncle's. I'm hoping that you wouldn't mind sharing with me. You shared a story with me that I thought was uh, pretty amazing. Um, that I'm hoping you won't mind telling tell, uh, telling everybody again. Uh, and that is how you knew at one point that your husband was the man for you. And it had to do with your mom. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he, yeah, I'm very fortunate because he actually, he helped me get through the fear too in telling me that um, I deserved to be, um, to stand tall and be respected even, even if it is your mother and that he will support me no matter what. And, um, that was having somebody validate you like that is, is really, really, really big. How old would you um, have been when you guys were first together that you would have told you that? Well, actually that was the same incident when I was, uh, probably about 32 where she had, um, oh. had the whole incident where I was at her house for about eight hours and I came home and he was like, where have you been? And I told him what had happened and he said, you know, you don't have to do that. You can reach out for help. You can stand tall. You can you know, be respected and not feel feared and stuck because it's your mom and you need to do something and not feel guilty. Right. And it was just, it was nice for somebody to stick up for me. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. It was somebody sticking up for me Mm -hmm. for a change and it felt really good. So as, as time went on, uh, yeah, he definitely had a lot of support. There was a lot of things that he had to deal with over the years and he still married me, which <laughs> kudos to him um, and into the family. Um, but uh, yeah, one night, uh, the weekend that she was, uh, they released her from the um, the hospital for a weekend pass and she never came back. And he helped me day in, day out, look for her. And we drove around trying to find her every night. Wow. And um, so um, he was he was amazing for that. But even the nights that I did it on my own, um, he never, you know, said, oh, you, you're out too late or it's taking too much or you need to stay home or you need to take a break. He was always insistent. You do what you have to do. 
That's and, amazing. Um, it was it was pretty amazing. That's acceptance on a completely different level. It was. It absolutely was. And um, even we got a phone call at uh, I think it was like one o'clock in the morning that they had finally found her, and uh, that was it. You know, it was it was never an issue, and it was he was always very supportive that we had to get up and go and make sure that. Um, I was there when they when they actually t- picked her up and, and took her to the hospital because I didn't want her to be alone to go through that whole process. I assumed it'd be re- really scary, and mm-hmm. yeah, he support supported me in all of that. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a lot of long nights and mm-hmm. long days, and <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I guess okay. So going forward, uh, is there anything that you would say to parents specifically? Um, I think my biggest message that I have and the, and the one thing I learned is forgive yourself you're doing everything you can and just don't be so hard on yourself it's not all in your control and it, and it's not easy and it's not it, the the system is hard it is it just is but it's not always just the system there's a lot of things that are happening and you can't do it all you do need your breaks you do need your um you just you do need to settle your mind, whatever it is. If it's meditation, church, vacation, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Settle your mind, give yourself a break, and and forgive yourself. You cannot do it all. Thank and you. And things will come. They will come together. Thank you. That is an awesome message. Forgive yourself. Yeah. And uh, look after yourself, and be good to yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shelly, thank you so much. Thanks, uh, Once again, your candor has been absolutely exceptional. Um, I really appreciate it. You've given us a different perspective again uh, for the program and for uh, parents going through this um, and for people going through it. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Different From The Other Kids, made possible with the support of Raven 5. We are contest marketing. You can find them online at www.raven5.com. That's Raven, the number five, dot com. Music and editing is a product of Among the Crowd Productions. You can hear more at www.amongthecrowd.ca. We'll see you next week. And now a disclaimer. In general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor, and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I'm a parent, period. The advice from me presented on Different from the Other Kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate health care provider.